Well, the great American philosopher Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Before I came to faith, my worldview got punched in the mouth. I was attending a memorial service for a young friend who had swallowed too many drugs and died tragically. My friends and I held a small, somewhat informal service in a public park in the North San Francisco Bay Area where I grew up. And there we shared our memories about him and speculated about where he might be now. Now, I wasn't a Christian at the time, and I was unsure of what I believed about life in general and death in particular. And apparently, everyone else felt the same way. When it came to what happened after death, none of us had anything to say. I was being asked questions that I couldn't answer. I would suspect that many of us in the year 2020 are asking questions that we cannot answer. Why all of this suffering? Why the injustice? What about my ambitions? What about my future? What about my hopes and my dreams and my relationships and my plans? How can I move forward in this life with hope? Many of us are seeing the need to rethink what we really believe about life. We'll enter the hard questions of a book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes. It's a book that, like the rest of the Bible, causes us to take a step back and reevaluate what we all think about life. And sometimes it can feel like getting hit in the face. The author of the book is a skeptical man by nature. Maybe some of us can relate. He's the sort who asks the hard questions and he shrugs off all of the simplistic and easy answers. The author, we learn, was certainly at the center of ancient Israel's public, political, and religious life. In fact, many believe that the author was the great and famous King Solomon. And through the book, he is simply called the preacher or the teacher because he has something to say and he wants all of us to listen. Hear his opening line. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What does a man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? The preacher, he blows our cover. He blows our cover by sharing hard lessons and difficult truths. He has no time for half-baked hopes or whitewashing, and nor should we. If we listen to these questions and hear his struggles, we will discover that he points out many of the truths about our lives that some of us haven't been willing to admit. Or to put it this way, the book of Ecclesiastes helps people ask the questions they are afraid to ask. And friends, here's why that matters. Every one of us is living out a story that needs to be challenged. Ecclesiastes relates to people outside of the faith because all of us are struggling for meaning, and that's universal. Many, even in the church, struggle for this sense of, of meaning. They've not yet realized what Jesus means for the whole of their life. And this is important because without asking these hard questions, Christianity can be perceived as another optional extra, another commodity that we add to our lives in order to reach our own vision of perfection or accomplishment or meaning. But the Bible shows us 
that God himself has a vision for our lives and exposes that the vision we have for our own lives is very often flawed. The vision he has is far, far better. Vanity, vanity, the preacher writes. And his words have become famous, but they're often misunderstood. The way he uses the word vanity has less to do with mirrors and makeup, and it has more to do with the meaning of your life, the meaning of my life. What he says in essence is this. If this is all there is, if the the visible world, what we're looking at right now is all there is, and if all of us are only living for the temporary and the transient, then it's all vanity. It's all meaningless. It's all pointless. It's all absurd. That's what the word vanity means. But some might pause and say, wait a minute, I've heard a little bit about the Bible. Doesn't that contradict everything else that that I've heard from this holy book of scripture? Aren't God and his creation the opposite of vanity and futility and folly and meaningless? Why is it that this book is in the Bible? Why is it that this preacher is writing in this way? Is he trying to depress us so that we'll all just give up? I don't think so. In fact, what I'd like to point out now is that it's the opposite. I believe, as one philosophy professor put it, that Ecclesiastes is the question to which the rest of the Bible is the answer. Ecclesiastes is looking at life through the camera lens of of our vision without the flashbulb of faith. Ecclesiastes, these words, these challenging questions, they help us to ask the right ones, the ones that we often avoid, and thereby it sets us up for the hope that the rest of the Bible brings. And so the preacher is right. If there is vanity in what we are living for, then we should be living for something else. We should be living for something better. See, while many people spend time questioning the Bible... And it's good to have those conversations. We often forget that the Bible actually questions us. What do you expect out of life? Where did those expectations come from? And what if those expectations were completely wrong? We all have a sense of oughtness in this life. We all have a sense of a a personal script that we're living for. I think I need these types of relationships. And if I have them, everything will be fine. I need this kind of job. I need this kind of career. And if I have all of that, everything's going to be great. If I just had enough money, if I just lived in this particular city, then I think I'm going to have what I really need in life. And along comes the Bible and causes us to question that. Wait a minute. Are these things really the ones we're meant to be living for? Are these things the ones that we're meant to be placing all of our hope and our faith and our trust in? Now, you and I often get anxious when we hear questions like these, but they can actually lead us to find out what really matters. They set us up to receive what can only come from beyond ourselves. See, the preacher of a book in like Ecclesiastes helps every single one of us to examine our own personal life script in light of these hard truths. And though the preacher may be ancient and also dead, his wisdom still speaks, encouraging us to focus on what can come from beyond ourselves. When I, a little bit later, became a new Christian, I was asked hard questions about my faith, which was good. I appreciated those conversations. 
But I started to to realize that historically it was actually Christians who asked the hardest questions of all. What are you living for in this life that can truly last? What are you living for that can truly give you meaning and fulfillment and peace and contentment and joy that nothing in this world can take away? See, that's actually the role of the Christian church, to provoke people to look for meaning and significance beyond themselves, asking the hard question, what hope do we really have without God? And that's really where the preacher of Ecclesiastes ends his book, hear his words. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. When we look at what we have around us, when we explore all of the assumptions that we carry within us, the basis on which we have built our lives, we begin to see that so much of what we thought really matters is actually called into question. I mean, if nothing ultimately lasts, and if even we don't last, then what is the point? This is why we need to hear the preaching of the preacher. Because if we don't doubt the perspective of life without God, then we won't fully appreciate the truth of life with God. See, these words, the preacher of Ecclesiastes pushes us to look beyond life under the sun, as he calls it. And in doing so, he paves the way for another preacher king who would come centuries later than him. One who not only asked the hardest questions of all, but gives us the greatest answers the world has ever known. And this man is Jesus Christ. He's the grand subject of the entire Bible, and he is the savior of all humanity. At that informal park funeral for my friend many, many years ago, when my grief was at its most raw, my friends said some of the things that I listed earlier. Things like, where is he? And maybe everything's going to be okay, or maybe it won't. Maybe he's up somewhere in the sky, or he's not gone, but he lives within us. And in that moment, I remember thinking that I could honestly not agree. I didn't think that we knew what we were really talking about. But in that moment, I stayed silent. In that moment, I had nothing to say. This was one of the memories in my mind that I had when I got up out of my chair at my own father's funeral many years later. But the difference was this. Since then, I had become a Christian and everything in my life had changed. My family, of course, was there in the church as well as some of my old friends. And as I took the podium, I knew that I was mourning, but I also knew that I was at peace. And in this moment, I had something to say. And I said it. I believe in the hope and the resurrection and the salvation of Jesus Christ. And that's what I believe to this day. And that's what I would hope that you would come to believe. Because the Bible tells us this, Jesus is alive and that changes everything. So why would we live for vanity? We must not waste our life living according to transience, absurdity, or meaninglessness. We're meant to look beyond vanity, but only the gospel, only the good news of Christian faith can take us there. 
Why? Because Jesus Christ alone, who's the son of God, can deal with your greatest need to be delivered from guilt and shame and alienation and hopelessness and vanity, what the Bible calls sin and all of its effects. He came to die on a cross to pay our debt, to pay my debt that we deserve so that we could get the righteousness, that we could get the acceptance that he deserves so that we could be known and embraced by the true and living God. And Jesus proved this all by rising again three days later after his death on a cross to give us hope beyond the grave, to give us the promise of everlasting life. And so today, in the midst of these crazy and uncertain times, I invite you to invite Jesus to be your personal savior. To know that even today, you can have the assurance of forgiveness and acceptance to know that you have a hope that not even the grave can destroy because Jesus Christ destroyed the grave. I invite you to believe and to receive today and watch how he would change your life. What is the point in life? It's to know this, to know Jesus and to be made more like him, to live as he calls you to live, and to be with him and his people forever. I want Jesus to be the most talked about and trusted name in every conversation, in every city, and in every nation. And the name that is trusted in your own heart. Because, friends, until we understand that nothing matters without him, we won't understand that everything matters because of him. Anything else is vanity.